this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Christine Sarko, welcome to Music Stories. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm very well, thanks for asking. Now, uh, you're in California at the moment. Um, I understand that you were born in Minneapolis, is that right? Yes, that's true. Um, See, I've done a little bit of research, not a lot. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a new single out, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I want to find out uh, how you got started in the music business because you're, you're still, I'm talking to you on Zoom and you look quite young. Uh, I'm actually uh, 36. Uh, yeah, that's quite that's quite young. <laughs> I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true, but sometimes people assume that I'm like 23. So. Okay, well, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, um, when people when people actually guess my age, I get offended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just don't go there. That's the answer. Um, right. So, how did you start? Uh, well, I mean, my mom put me in piano lessons when I was super little and I, that was like, sort of like my foray into like any sort of musical instrument. Um, and then during, uh, school, uh, elementary school, I got into percussion, which basically just, I didn't want to play any other instruments. So I just wanted to bang on some drums. Uh, I wasn't too serious about it. I didn't even take lessons. I just like, it was like the instrument that I chose. I heard, um, I read that um, you didn't like having the piano lessons. Is that right? Yeah. Cause my mom wasn't uh super, uh, I don't know how to say it. She wasn't like. Be nice. Be nice. Uh, yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't like jovial when we were uh, doing piano <laughs> lessons. So it made it. It made it very much so a chore. You know, yeah. it wasn't like mm. oh, a fun recreational thing. It was definitely like do your homework type of thing. So yeah, been um, there, been there, the, been there. Did it? Yeah, did the so same. It, in a perverse way, I guess it sort of turned me off of it because I sort of associated that with um, with I don't know punishment or something. Mm. Torture. Then, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> When I was 14, I discovered uh, Everliving came out with her single Complicated, and I was completely obsessed with it. And I was like, I want to be like her. She played, like, it was the first time that I saw it. Like, clearly, there were other musicians that came before her who played their own instrument, but she was so much marketed as the young sort of rebel of, of, like, my generation who, like, played their own instrument and wrote their own songs. And I was like, this sounds, like, doable. Like, this is something I could do. So, um I asked my dad to like buy me a guitar and I would sit in my room and like noodle on the guitar, write songs. Um, it sort of just like taught myself along the way. And, but I was very embarrassed in the way that I didn't know if I was like okay enough for other people to listen to. I didn't know if it was just like something that I should keep to myself. So I remember when I was a freshman in high school, I sent it, I, I, I talked to my friends on AIM and I was like, I found this thing on the internet. Um, do you think like it was, and it was a song that I had recorded. I was like, I found it on the internet. Like, do you think it's good? Like, I think it's okay. And then they would listen to it. They'd be like, oh yeah, that's cool. And I'd be like, oh, surprise, it's me. <laughs> and that was like sort of my way to test the waters as yeah. far as like if if what I was doing was like available and like could be received by people other than just me. So okay. that's like, that's how I got started. and. I, I, it was very much a recreational thing for a long time, and I would start recording my own songs with GarageBand, 
and uh, yeah, that's how I got started. Okay, and um, you, you're very successful, aren't you? Because you've got lots of music released. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I mean, I've definitely gone through phases um, of, of being like very passionate, and then sort of like this discouraged, I guess, at times, as far as like you know, just general reception. I think um when i first started like i said i would write my own songs and record them and sort of send them there wasn't really a there wasn't like a spotify back then to to um to to release it out in a way that you could have people other than just people you know sort of give you feedback which is difficult because you're the people that you know you're sending things to early on i don't think are going to tell you that it sucks if it's like your mom (laughs) (laughs) probably not but um right and so so yeah i i had a few songs i would like sell cds and then i was a touring member of a band for a while and i felt so much so that i that nothing i ever did could compare to like the music they were making because i wasn't writing or anything for them i was just playing and so i got very discouraged with like my own music because i just i was like nothing i do can ever like match up to this so i just stopped playing music for like five years um and then when that band stuff was over i i sort of started playing again i really took i went from like this very acoustic um like acoustic singer songwriter realm into more of, of electron i started incorporating more electronic things i was learning more how to really utilize like synthesizers and stuff at least in a daw um to be able to record that kind of stuff and so i started incorporating more electronic elements into my music and that's when i started to have more fun with it um it became less not that organic isn't good. I think organic is a good thing, but it just gave me so much more room to play with versus just like, oh, this is me and my guitar and singing. And then also it added this element of like a little bit less pressure as far as like, oh, it's like this intimate space again with like, just like my voice and like one instrument. I had these other elements that could make a song interesting. So I found it to be a lot more fun. Oh. And that's when I, when I moved to California, um, I recorded, <clears throat> sorry. I recorded my first album, which was really exciting. Um, and I really said in 2014 and someone recently was like, oh my gosh, it's going to have been 10 years in like a month, which is insane to me that it's been 10 years. Um, but I recorded that about 10 years ago. Um, and then again, I took a bit of a hiatus, um, until the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened, I really did a push for like these, sing- these latest singles that I've had. And I really sort of changed the way that I produced music too. I became a little bit more conscious about um, just instrumentality and and restraint, I think is my biggest thing that I (laughs) struggled with on my first album. Um, Just not having 10,000 instruments happen at the same time. Um, But yeah, and then then I learned how to market a little bit better (laughs) during this push, which is why you see a little bit more, um, a a spike in in, um, the single popularity for the past few years. Okay, so tell me about your single, Warmth. So Warmth, I wrote uh, a last two two years ago. Um, it was it was just based off, like I've had like a very tumultuous dating history and I was in a situation where like things were sort of going well and but I was very much like imposter syndrome, like why would things be going well? Something has to go wrong. Um, but then I thought about this whole notion that, you know, like when you're like going through a breakup or something, some sort of bad situation, your friends and your family always tell you like, oh, like you deserve so much more. Like you, you, like you're, you 
are the person that like the energy that you want to attract, like you are that energy. Um, but like when you're in the situation, like, Oh, I, I don't deserve this. But like, I was like, wait a second, maybe I do deserve this. And like, this is actually like an okay thing to be happening when things are going well, it doesn't mean something has to go wrong at the next turn. And so I sort of wrote that about like realizing like in the, basically in the process of like becoming optimistic about a situation. Yeah. Um, but then oddly enough, while I was writing it, cause I wrote it over the course of maybe like two weeks or something, just like picking up the pen here and there. And then when I was getting to the bridge, the situation that I was in, like crashed into a wall and i was like this is what i was talking about the whole time okay. so it actually yeah so it was this really weird like dichotomy of like having to understand that like yeah sometimes things don't go well but <clears throat> i tried not to let that deter the whole message of the song because it, it doesn't change the fact that that we do deserve good things sometimes it that's just true. happened in this situation that it didn't turn out that's right um yeah, so the bridge the bridge sort of takes a different tone, but the overall message I wanted to keep, which is that like we always deserve when something's going well, we should tell ourselves that we deserve it. Absolutely, that's a very good philosophy to have because you know life brings us ups and downs, as you say, good things and bad things. Mm -hmm. I think we should Absolutely. have a little little listen to it, shall we? Um, I, yeah, I, I love it. It's a brilliant single. It's Thank warmth. You. From Christine Sarko. You know they always say it's not what you deserve, and it floats into the ether in a way that doesn't hurt, but does experience ever lead into the right place, the right time, a sound frame in our mind, and I've taken the the production in that is uh, quite amazing. I mean, did you produce and mix it Thank yourself? Thank you. Yeah, did he mix it yourself? Yeah. You did? Um, I I did a rough mix and then I sent it to a mixing engineer for the final for the final mix and master. Okay. But all the production, all the recording, I do. That's amazing. It's incredible what Thank you can you. do these days. And I was I was going to ask you about uh, technology and everything. Being, being a young person in the music industry, uh, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, when when I started broadcasting, then you know, a professional radio station had a jingle machine, a microphone, and a couple of record decks, uh, <laughs> and that's how I started. And a, and a tape recorder, you know, we edited on um, you know on quarter inch tape. That's incredible. Um, I can't imagine. <laughs> Um, but it but it was fantastic and great fun. I'm really glad that I was around at that time. And then, of course, all the yeah. everything you know, somebody invented CDs, and, yeah, uh, <laughs> and mini discs and all the rest of it. And now, of course, everything's uploaded and uh, it's online and so on and so forth. Um, 
you know, you must have sort of jumped straight into uh, almost modern technology in the music business. So you must be really, really uh, good at understanding it and being able to use it properly. I think, like, for me, I... I did start, I mean, I did literally on like, I don't even know what size tape, but like the little tapes, my sister had a little tape player and I would, that's how I, I first started recording just so I could play it back. For Cassettes, myself, you know? cassette tapes. Yes. Cassette tape. I would play it back for myself just so I could hear my voice. Cause as you know, at that point, it's like you, you don't hear your voice except for like when your parents are videotaping you and usually people are like, mm. I hate my, my voice. I can't believe I sound like that. Yeah. Um, which is generally the way I felt as well, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I think the thing was like Mac had um, like Apple had GarageBand, which was like such an such like a like like training wheels way for someone mm. to learn how to start recording. Yeah, and they had all their loops and everything, so I could just like throw out a drum loop and just like record my guitar. And like a the actual iMac microphone, without buying any external microphone, was actually pretty decent for yeah. for a, a teeny hole in a in yeah. a computer screen. So. Um, that was like a really, really like cool way to just be able to learn how to start recording. Mm. And then because Apple also makes Logic Pro and it, it literally, it's just like GarageBand on steroids. Like the, the UI is very similar and it's just like an enhanced version of it. So it made like, it made going from using like an everyday DAW, like recording system to like a legitimate DAW, like very easy, that transition. And it, and it was just, yeah, it, it just became a natural thing to just sort of like learn how you like pull up a synthesizer and how you, and then once you get like, at that point, I didn't know anything about like EQing. I didn't understand like how to actually mix something. So it didn't sound like a giant wall of sound coming at you. And I've never, I've never been trained in any sort of like music engineering. So this is, these are all things I like had to like Google along the way. But yeah, I think growing up have like, I don't think if, if having GarageBand, if, if I hadn't had GarageBand, I don't really know how I would have gotten into like producing, like actually recording and producing at, at a level that wasn't just again, like a, either like recording something on a voice memo or something because I, I feel like it would have been too daunting. I wouldn't have, I would not have thought I was good enough to like try to go into a studio. That's for sure. And I was so private about the way I was recording. It was, it was just a perfect way for me because it was just me. I didn't have like a band or anything. It was a great way for me to just be in my own space, do my own thing. And then when I felt that it was like good enough to have other people listen to, that's the point where they would listen to it. So. Amazing. Fantastic. Well, you're obviously a very talented young lady. Well, who's your influence? You. Who's your influences now, um, music wise? Because now, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's difficult. Like there, there, are, I always think that there are like songwriting influences and then like sound influence. Like you're like, I want to sound like that. But I think like sound wise, like the, like pop electronic space, like the band churches, there's a band broods that have just like a really awesome, just a, like very clearly electronic sound that like the second you even hear like a few bars of music, you're like, that's probably that band. I think that's very cool. Um, from a songwriting perspective and well also instant, like not just songwriting. I also love their music, like instrumentation wise and everything, but Kevin Garrett, I think is an amazing songwriter. Um, he has, the production is amazing. His, 
dr- his drum beats are so unique and just fit into the mix so well. And then there's a band Yolklore that I have been obsessed with for years um, that I've seen a few times uh, live, which has been really cool. Um, but yeah, just those those are like I guess <clears throat> my my influences for right okay. for for the time being. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, things change, don't they? As things come along. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, what's the future looking like for you? Uh, more writing and composing and recording. I I'm guessing. Um, how about any live performances? Um, I have sort of steered away from the live. Per- I'm not against it in any way, but <clears throat> I think because I need to really figure out how I want to have my live set. So it's not just like, so right now my current live set is very much me. I have my acoustic guitar, but then I basically have a set of backtracks that because in, if you've heard my music, there's so much electronic stuff going on in the background and there's just me, right? I don't have a band or like a stage band or anything. Yeah. So I basically just like play all the backtracks and then I play guitar and sing on top of it. And it just feels very, it just, it just feels too like, oh, I'm playing. It's almost like a karaoke situation, which <laughs> I don't think is something that people would like. So I, I, I want to figure out a way for my live set to like incorporate more live element, live yeah. instrumentation and everything into it. And until I figure that out, I don't think I really want to be playing, doing my karaoke set yeah. out, out in the public. But when I first moved here, I, was playing like almost like once every couple of months um but yeah i really am focused and i really enjoy the recording process a lot so i think i'm just gonna focus on like you said songwriting and releasing um some new stuff do what you're good at yeah exactly <laughs> now what advice would you give to uh, fellow musicians who may well be struggling listening to this episode of music stories and, and a lot of people in the music industry is struggling at whatever level they're at. Uh, what, what, yeah. yeah what, what um, advice would you give them? Just, uh, just a quick tip. Um, I would say that try not to get daunted by the amount of saturation, I guess, in the music industry and just like the sheer volume of everything, just because I think these days there are so many social media platforms that could sort of allow you to reach audiences that, that don't just throw you in this gigantic pool of like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that people and musicians have the opportunity if they can figure it out, can reach their audience and it makes the accessibility of their music a lot less um, prohibitive than it might seem when you just go on Spotify and see that there are millions and millions and millions of other songs out there. Yeah, blimey. That's really good advice. Christine, thank you so much for talking to me. You've been really interesting to talk to. Yeah. And, um, thank you so much. We wish you well with your new single, Warmth, which is out uh, now and available to download everywhere. And uh, maybe we'll catch up again in the future, see how you've been getting on. Uh, thanks again for yeah, talking definitely. to me. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Tony Lloyd, creating audio and film worldwide.